One thing about mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So if you are looking for the perfect gift to make mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu because body care is self-care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GSPP at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code GSPP for 10% off. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Come on, let's work, let's You can wish for it or you can work for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you ain't working, you should be working. These are the confessions of a workaholic. Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Coriel. So excited to have you back for another week to get up close and personal with another boss. This episode is brought to you by The Work Squad, which is my new support group, the only support group that you need when you are dedicated to your dream. Our private accountability uh, community is the perfect place for you to connect, exchange ideas, learn new tricks, barter your skills, and get the keys you need to crush your goals. Members have access to an online support group, free trainings, weekly goal-setting calls, and so much more. To find out how you can join the squad for just $10 a month, log on to WorkPraySlay.com. If you are enjoying the podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and check out the show notes for important links. All right, so today we are talking to the serial fashionpreneur and workaholic, Tracy Evans. Tracy is the up-and-coming Jackie Joyner Kersey of the fashion world. Just as Jackie excelled in multiple track and field events, Tracy is a fashionista triple threat. She's a boutique owner, stylist, and designer. She owns Meow and Barks Boutique, which is the trendy, fashion-forward hotspot 
with storefront locations in the eclectic San Marco area of Jacksonville, Florida, and the popular Buckhead area of ATL Shouting. Her styling services have been seen on Lala Anthony, Marlo Hampton, Cardi B, K. Michelle, Emily B., Evelyn Lozada, and many, many more. So Tracy, are you ready to confess? Yes, I am. <laughs> so I always like to start by asking um, what you started your career doing, because I find it so interesting how sometimes our passions lead us away from our profession. So what did you actually start out doing? Um, I started out um, in banking. Um, I started, of course, in school in communications um, and then uh, took a part time job in banking and was working there while I was pursuing school. And then fashion just kept calling my name, calling my name. So I took um, some textile classes um, and here I am, um, you know, pursuing my dreams. But it wasn't that simple. Um, it did take some hard work and some training of myself to get to where I'm at now. So what did what were the opinions of other people um, when you wanted to step away from banking? Because, you know, many of the conversations that I have is like other people have more doubts and fears, you know, than we typically have in ourselves. And sometimes that can slow us down or stop us. So what were the reactions um, like from the people closest to you or, or did you have to deal with any doubts or fears from other people? I did. It, and it came from like my mom, like the one that I needed the most, um, did not believe that I could actually make this happen. Um, but she didn't come to me direct. Um, she sent my sister um, to me. I was in banking for 13 years, but within that 13 year period, I had a tailoring shop that um, I actually ran after work. So it's like I made my career and my dreams, my part time job. So why everybody was going to pursue, um, you know, a second job or even just, you know, honing their home skills, I went to my dream. So when I decided to make the decision to go full time and leave my banking job of 13 years to make this happen, um, that was a big thing. I also had a newborn son. He was, um, I think Takari was like maybe at two years old when I decided to make this happened. So it was a big thing for my family. Um, my family has always believed in like you, you get the education, you get the job, um, and you work in your field. If you are a woman in my family. Now, on the other end, if you're a male, um, then you get the entrepreneur opportunities, which my brothers them had. Um, my uh, mom and dad have a construction company. Um, they've so I grew around entrepreneurs like my whole life watching them. Um, all of my brothers um, have entrepreneur dreams that they pursued and um, were entrepreneurs, never had a job. So I just couldn't understand why I couldn't go after my dream um, the way that they pursued theirs. So what is the reaction like? And I always think it's so funny how like family dynamics really play a role in like our life decisions, like how other people um, see us or what makes other people comfortable. Um, but what do people say now? Like, I definitely dealt, dealt with the same thing when I first started entrepreneurship and my mom still to this day thinks, you know, like I'm playing around on my computer. Well, now she's starting to see, you know, okay, now she's really talking about something. But what does your mom say now, now that you, you know, have something to show for it and it's not just like a figment of your imagination? 
It's it's a totally different ball game now. I think um, she's still um, at, in in during the beginning when I was really making moves that I thought that she would just latch on and support me. Like, yeah, you got this. Like you were saying, your mom thought you were still playing. My mom was the same way. But now she's like a number one fan, and that means so much to me more than anything that I've ever accomplished was just like when, you know, winning my mom over now, sisters and cousins and and different, that's a different, um, that's a different story there, but there's nothing like the support of your mom, you know, but during that period, um, um, I just created a a better spiritual relationship with God and also with myself. Cause like when you don't have the support of your mom, and your mom is doubting you, like, that's not a good place to be. Like, that's where my security is. I'm such a, a family-oriented girl. Like, I need the support of um, my family. So um, this entrepreneur journey has been such a great one because it has improved my spiritual relationship with God and also my relationship with myself. Um, you know, I eliminate, um, I've eliminated self-talk, negative self-talk. I'm really... Um, you know, in on that. Um, I watch the way that I talk to myself. I watch the way that I treat myself because this um, journey can take you out of the game. And it's like, when you're out of the game, who's going to put you back in? And so it's only yourself that can do that. And, uh, and of course, God, that can keep you on that path. So, so true. And that's why there is the pray and work, pray, slay, because I think so often entrepreneurs and business coaches, like we try to teach the blueprint of business, but we don't ever talk to like the spiritual journey, the emotional journey, like the mindset of it. And if you don't have a relationship with God before you start your entrepreneurial journey, you definitely going to have one um, all said and done because you are going to be beat up and knocked down to the point where you're going to have to strengthen a relationship with your source. However you want to verbalize that source, um, you know, definitely going to push you to your limits and um, help you to strengthen that relationship, which of course is, you know, an asset at the end of it, but it doesn't feel so good um, when you're going through it. Um, So what would you say, since you, since you can say that fashion has always been kind of pulling at you, what was like your first side hustle, your first fashion related side hustle that you had before you transitioned into like a full fledged business? Um, my first side hustle was I would refurbish jeans. So I would have people bring their jeans to me. I would um, cut them and shred them. You know, um, back then, um, this was like 10, oh my goodness, this probably was 15 years ago. I was doing this out of my mom's house. Um, and I would also allow for them to bring their jeans. I would tie dye the jeans. And it's so crazy how fashion returns and, and those things are back now. But that was my um, side hustle. So it's just like, I did that. And then it got to the point where like on Saturdays, my mom's living room was, was packed. So it's just like, okay, at this point you need a storefront. Um, so I did, um, I went into, um, you know, within my community and was able to find like an affordable, um, place where I could lease. And I started from there, but I still had my full-time job that was able to pay for everything at that point to keep me afloat and to keep me going when things were um, slow or when I just didn't put in the work um, in the business to, um, to take care of um, the overhead there. So I think, um, yeah, that side hustle is what can you do now? 
um, what talent do you have that doesn't, that only takes like your talent? Um, I didn't have to purchase anything but rubber bands, um, fabric dye, and razor blades. You know, so it's just about taking your talent and your dreams and stripping them down and figuring out, like, if I ever get down on my luck and I don't have any money to buy any type of, you know, stock or inventory, I'll always be able to go back there and still offer that service so I can come up. So what was the day that you decided, okay, I have... Was it when you replaced your bank income, your banking income with your store income? Like what, what made you decide to put all of your faith in yourself and, and basically let go of that security blanket, which was your full-time job? What was that? Right. Um, of course, that transition was not what I planned. I planned to, you know, um, leave one day. So it's just like one day became another day and it became another year. And it it just became, you know, me doing um, the side hustle plus the full-time job. And I think what happened was um, I was just not at a good place mentally. I had beat myself up. Like I was so down to the point where it was just like, if, if I didn't leave now, like if I ever get it together, like what would be left of me to complete the mission? Like that's just how bad that I was frustrated with my banking job. Like I had, um, because mind you, I had to come down a level in order to have hours. Um, so I could pursue my dreams on the the side. So my hours at the bank were like 4 a.m., to like 12 p.m. And I couldn't level up to another level in management because I wanted to keep those hours. So it's just like I had topped out there. I was frustrated. Um, I was even to the point like every day was like ponytails, my hair pulled back, Um, you know, and I'm just going to work and I'm just living out here. Um, Not liking like the person Um, that I was at that point, I I felt like I had let myself down. Um, So actually what worked for me was I um, took the money out of my 401k and was like, hey, I'm out. Um, You know, and at that point I was on something different then. Um, I have since replaced my 401k, but at that point I was on some, this just how bad it had gotten at my um, job. I was on some well, I don't even know if I'm going to live to be 65. So I'm saving this money to, to, you know, for when I get 65, I need to take this money now and make something happen now. So I took my nest egg that I have for retirement and um, just went out here and, and, and pursued my dreams and made it happen. Um, and that transition is never, uh, or for me, it wasn't a, a good transition. Um, it was rough. But now that I look back, like, it looks like it was so smooth. I never stopped and everything just worked out. Um, I was able to build my faith um, and, you know, that grows. As God continues to show up and things that you pray for, he answers. Like, you get a little cockiness about you with your spiritual relationship with him. Because that spiritual relationship grows, too. It grows to another level. Like, um, you know, I remember times when I would pray and nothing would happen. 
and then I would pray and then it would be right there. And then now I'm at the point where like he's dragging me along. Like there are so many opportunities and doors that he's opening for me. And to be honest, in, in some instances, I'm not ready, you know, but I remember a time when I was ready, just waiting, you know? So I just think um, sometimes we just have to um, be real with ourselves and say, hey, it's going to be uncomfortable. And it's probably going to be uncomfortable for maybe, it just depends. Everyone is different. For me, it was probably uncomfortable for about a year where I wasn't able to do um, things or I was afraid to spend because I didn't know how things would go. But once you get a year in being an entrepreneur and then you're able to gauge, like I can tell you what the what a January looks like for me on bars. I can tell you what an April looks like. I can tell you what August looks like. So it's just like charting your growth is so important in entrepreneurship because that keeps you going. And even charting your growth with God, like, you know, like how are things going there? Is he showing up? What you know, what you have going on? Is he answering prayers? What is he doing there? So I just think that um that transition is uh I, I I think you would probably have to be set in order for that transition to be a smooth one, because for me, it wasn't easy at all. So there's so many, you know, Instagram memes going around talking about, you know, like uh, your, your nine to five is slavery. You need to buy your freedom. You need to quit, which I am all for entrepreneurship. Obviously. Right. However, I think that that kind of puts a false, per, you know, uh, it's not, it's a false reality if you think that you're just going to walk away from your nine to five and it's just going to be smooth sailing. And I think one of the biggest things for me in my transition to full-time entrepreneurship was not being able to live like I had a job, right. like not being able to still live like I had that same income. Um, what is your best advice? Like during that first year, because that first year I think is definitely the hardest mm. For someone who's thinking about taking that leap of faith, or maybe they even like, you know, they say you need six months worth of living expenses or whatever. Maybe they feel like they're ready to take that leap and they've done that. We all know that 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 first year is still not going to be easy. But what's your best advice or what was something you wish somebody would have told you that could have helped you prepare for that first year of entrepreneurship? I think um, that first year was... (sighs) It was so hard because there were some people that I thought was going to show up that didn't show up. So financially, I was okay because I did have a nest egg. But in order for me to grow my business, there were some friends that didn't show up and support like I thought they would. Um, And there was just some people that me making that leap made them feel uncomfortable with where they were. in their journey um, and following their dream. So it was just like once I announced that, hey, now I'm full time at the boutique because some of my clients are now our friends and we've shared stories. I know your family. I know what's going on at home. I know what's going on at work. Um, So I would probably say just like um, when you talk about being uncomfortable that first year with not being able to spend and buy but also having uncomfortable relationships with some people that you loved and, you know, you thought they would depend on you because I wasn't ready emotionally, like financially I was there, but emotionally, like some people didn't come and shop like they used to shop and some people just disappeared on me. And that was fine because I understood, 
but I, I wasn't ready. So I would say, like, because we know that it's going to be hard and you're not going to be able to spin like like you used to spin. But um, just getting the support of, like, um, clients or friends or, or people not wanting to do business with you, um, it kind of hurts a little bit. And those things kind of knock me off, um, knock me off. But one thing I did learn within that transition period, and I often tell um, the young ladies that intern with me, mentees, and even um, my employees, um, that we must learn how to multitask our emotions. We can no longer have bad days. You can only have bad moments. You know, so in the beginning, you know, I would have a bad day, like, oh, you know, someone didn't do this or didn't show up. It would knock me off, you know, and then I would say to myself, oh, tomorrow we're going to start and, you know, we're going to make this happen and tomorrow's going to be a good day. Well, it got to the point where I had to coach myself and be like, hey, um, that was that moment. Now let's go ahead and create a, a new moment within this day right here and change this and make this happen and keep pushing. So I think emotionally, um, just be prepared and just know that, you know, when your emotions start coming into play, you got to learn how to multitask those things, you know, and coach yourself, you know, when you get home, but never have a bad day. Try to make those bad days just bad moments. Now, listen, that's a major key alert right there. That is worth gold because so often, you know, something will upset us at 6 a.m. And at 6 p.m., we're still feeling the effect. Oh, yeah of whatever, you know, woke us up mad. So definitely learning how, I love that, multitask your emotions, especially as women. Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely got to do that. So I love that you mentioned the relationships aspect of it, because I think that's one thing that people never really talk about. Like we talk about, um, you know, the people who made it to the top with us, or you get to see those people, but you don't ever really hear about or see the people who, you know, did us wrong or fell off or weren't supportive or didn't follow through. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because that definitely is, I think, um, pretty common. Like that's something that that just happens. Right. And I think if we don't talk about it, when it happens to you, you can start feeling like it's your fault or, you know, taking it personal or getting down on yourself, but not realizing that this is just a part of the journey. And, you know, everybody can't go. Everybody's not ready to level up with you. Everybody's not comfortable, you know, with your success and your growth and your evolution. So you have to know that it's not you and you can't take it personal. Um, But relationships are so critical to our careers and to our business. What has been most beneficial for you and your business? Would you say it's been mentorship or partnership? I would probably say partnership Um, because I need some help out here. Like I'm out here, I'm I'm trying to figure things out. Um, So with me, um, I was able, um, first investment um, that I made into my business, I I was like, oh, what am I not good at? Like, where do I need help at? So it's just like on the marketing end, like opening those doors and making some things happen. Um, I seeked and hired a, a, a marketing manager, which I've been with him um, for about seven years. So he's able to kind of make some things happen for me and create partnerships and different things. So things that, um, you know, that I'm not privy to, um, and it could be the in the field, it could be lack of education within that field. Um, I just do believe in partnering with someone who is better than you or can pick up where you're not strong at. Um, but um, I didn't 
I didn't have a, a, um, a mentor, uh, but I have mentees. So I'm still, you know, I'm out here trying to teach what I know. And um, I tell them all the time, hey, I'm just trying to shave some years off. I'm just trying to help you shave some years off, kind of let you know what happened to me. And I can guarantee you it's going to happen to you. Um, you know, so if I can get you to start where I'm at, then, then we're good, you know, because that would make my pain not in vain if you don't have to go through it, you know? So if I can go through it for us, you know, if you can just listen to me, um, you know, I can shave some years off and get you where you need to be. So partnerships um, are still big for me and I'm still trying to um, work with others and, and create those so we can, you know, partner and, and I can help um, people out where they're weak and they, they can help me as well. So for someone listening who, um, I think relationships are really, really nurtured as an intern and internships teach you the value of relationships. But for people who have not, you know, been able to do an internship or they um, weren't taught by their parents, like the value of people and relationships and all of those things, yeah. what is the biggest advice for creating and nurturing relationships? Because you don't want to be fake and phony out here trying to be friends with everybody, but you do understand the importance of relationships, but you may not have them. So what's your best advice for like establishing those relationships that could potentially be partnerships? Um, I would probably say um, just lend your time to someone that is worthy to you. Um, getting under someone, um, putting that time in is so valuable. Um, you know, reaching out. I tell my girls, all the time. If there's somewhere where you want to be, go, you know, and offer your time. Because sometimes um, we as entrepreneurs or business owners, um, we don't mind giving back. Um, we just want to make sure that we're giving back to the right person. And if you're passionate about where you want to be, we can feel that. We know because we've been there and we've seen it before. You know, and we know, when, you know, when we've been at a level and we were not at 100%. So I would say um, seek that opportunity and definitely get under someone, try to be a part of their organization and what they have going on just to just to get the talent raw, you know, and they will um, let you know if it works for them. Because I, I one thing I say, like, is being an entrepreneur, like the wisdom that God gives you is not for you to you know, add a problem up fast, you know, it's for you to be able to have wisdom to see through people and to see different situations. And so you'll know how to react. Like there's certain things that come across my way, I already know what's going to happen, you know? So that's the wisdom that we pray for. Um, or at least I pray for with God, like give me wisdom to see things, help me save my time. And, um, it also helps with, um, identifying the character of a person. So if you seek an internship with someone and they pass you up, find someone else, but definitely get under someone and give them your time because the knowledge that you get from them, you will pay for it, you know? So it, it's a great exchange. Okay. So transitioning a little bit into like the ins and the outs, um, just of your business, because I watch Shark Tank. It's like my obsession. And one thing that oh, I, I hear over and over is, 
retail, retail. It's a monster. Like it's crazy. It's, and I know that doing retail in like big box retailers is different from, you know, owning your own brick and mortar storefront, but both of those are totally different beasts than online business. So there's an online boutique owner listening who is interested in opening up a storefront. I don't know this, but I'm assuming what is something that she needs to know before she gets started with brick and mortar? And what are some things that you wish someone would have told you before you invested in a storefront? Okay. I would probably say um, what I'm going through right now. In Jacksonville, we have a full store. And then in Atlanta, we have a showroom. So I would suggest for anyone that's transitioning from online transition to a showroom. Now, what the title showroom gives you is that you're in a smaller space and you're able to showcase your items. Um, Our showroom in Atlanta, um, our customers come in, they see the merchandise if they're interested. I do have a dressing room there. They're able to try those things on and then, um, you know, they proceed to purchase or they can order online and they can pick up immediately in the showroom. Now the store in Jacksonville, we have customers come in and because it's a bigger space, they're shopping. Um, so we may have a customer that comes in for like an hour, meaning I have to have an associate there that's able to entertain them and take care of them for an hour um, span. Now, if you're used to online, and I love our online store and I love our online customers because they know what they want, they shop and I don't have to help them. You know, they figure everything out, you know, and I just get notifications. So if you're coming from not having to help your customers outside of a few questions as far as sizing, um, you definitely want to go into a showroom situation where the customer and the speed and the fashion is fast, you know, versus uh, a boutique with a bigger storefront you have to kind of coat your customer and provide that whole experience, which I enjoy it. You know, I, I enjoy it. Um, nothing wrong there. I love all of my customers um, in, in Jacksonville. I love all of my customers in store, online, showroom, the whole thing. But um, I think a, a great thing for an online entrepreneur is to create a showroom and um, pursue it that way. Showroom, back in warehouse, and just make it happen. Great, great advice. And that seems like a, a easier transition than just, you know, going for, you know, going big. Um, so one other thing I know within like fashion and not even just fashion, like whatever industry you're in, the majority of us feel like the um, big payoff is like having celebrity clients. Um, but I don't want to just know like how cool it is to like work with Cardi B. What I want to talk about is how you as the service provider or the business owner or the professional or the expert, how you must interact with them. Because someone listening, I'm sure, um, has interests in working with celebrities, whether it's you know a hairstylist, a nail tech, a personal shopper, an artist, whatever, who wants to work with a celebrity client, but they are not always the easiest person, um, people to work with. So what's something that you had to learn the hard way just about the experience of working with them or how you had to have to prepare um, when you're taking on a celebrity client? I think the main thing is um, being yourself. Like whenever you're yourself, that's your best protection. That's your best security. Um, so if, if you're yourself, 
Um, if you go in and someone, you know, mistreats you, you know, like, hey, this is me. I was myself. I handled the situation the best way I was able to handle it. And um, you just keep it moving. Um, the cool thing about um, the, the situation with Cardi B, I get a text message from Claire um, with Fashion Bomb Daily. She's like, oh, um, Cardi B, they're in Atlanta and they're looking for a place to shop. Are you available? I was at the showroom that came up. She was cool as a fan. Um, like who she was on social media was who I got, you know, and I was me and we just made it happen. Um, so I think working with celebrities, the best thing is just to be yourself because once again, they have been there. So they're able to detect the fake, the phoniness and all of that stuff. And then on your end, if you're being fake and phony, you cannot detect if someone is being fake and phony with you. So your protection out here with dealing with anyone, even as in business, it's just to be yourself so you can be on guard and see what's going on. And I mean, and sometimes, you know, we put on airs because socially, you know, we network and we do different things, but it's just the best thing is just to remain true to yourself, um, you know, and either they're like it, you know, I love you or not want to continue to work. And then you just you know, you just move on. But, um, you know, with celebrities, they're in and out, you know, um, they need a look if you have the look and, you know, it's different levels. So you just want to, you know, not take anything to heart and just produce what you're able to produce. So aside from celebrities, um, another thing that's grown pretty popular is influencer marketing, working with influencers to, you know, market and promote your business. Have you found influencer marketing to be beneficial for you? And what would be your biggest advice for those entrepreneurs who are interested with working um, with influencers to promote their product? Oh, my goodness. It, uh, we just did uh, this summer did a, um, a collection, a collaboration with um, Jay Kendall, Lipstick and Curls one of the best marketing campaigns we've ever had. Influencers work. Um, we've done some um, placement with um, Dana Bolden, um, Claire Somers, um, different uh, celebrities, even Niecy Nash. We She wasn't uh, an influencer that we sought out for. She actually just purchased some things online. But when you have the right people with the right influence wearing your clothing, it can impact your business and definitely take it to another level. So it doesn't hurt, you know, and I can tell you just from having a storefront, I paid for radio advertisement, um, you know, thousands of dollars a month. Um, you know, you're going to pay for the advertisement. So whether it's you offering your services at no charge, or if you're bothering, um, things of that nature, like it pays off if you have the right, um, people, um, in your clothing. And we're seeing that um, each and every day on social media. You know, it's so funny. Every now and then I run up on a post where someone says IG or Instagram is not real. And I'm like, oh, it's real. It's really real. You know, people out here are changing their lifestyles for their family. Um, you know, they're better entrepreneurs. There's a million dollar. It's just so much going on right now um, for the good of with social media. So definitely influencers work. And I would suggest for everyone to at least try it out. And when I say try it out, I don't mean one time. You know, we've heard all of our lives, third time is charm. That's because it's true. You need to at least do something three times so you can even go back and chart your growth and see what happened the first time, what you did the second time, and how you did the third time. So definitely um, try it out, I would suggest. 
Tracy, I have truly enjoyed this conversation, and I know that my ladies appreciate all these gems that you have been dropping. Please let them know where they can find you online and how they can connect with you on social media. Yes, definitely, ladies. You can shop online at Meow and Barks Boutique. Dot com, and we're also at Meow and Barks Boutique on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So definitely um, check us out. Um, we have really beautiful clothing. We cater to um, that Black American woman. Um, like if you wore baby fat back in the day, um, you should wear um, Meow and Barks Boutique now. So it just has a great flair. We do resort wear. We do club wear. We do casual day-to-day wear, but definitely different pieces. And we're just known for not having what what the market has. And that's just because I just go out and source and try to create different relationships. And like you were talking about partnerships, where I'm able to get things that other um, stores don't have. So we're always known, you know, known like, oh, if you get something from there that, um, it will not be everywhere. So we kind of got like the exclusive touch and feel, but definitely check us out online. And I truly enjoyed this conversation with you as well. I need to get from behind the business more and get out and just share my thoughts and um, just share my story um, with other women and just let them know that it is so possible. You just have to put in the work and not give up um, and you can make it happen. This has been another game-changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic, meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to do the work. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.